Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought you'd be further along financially by now? If so, you're not alone. Many people find themselves wanting to ditch their nine to five, wishing they had more time with their family. What most people want is to simply live the life that they choose and with plenty of money to do so. The good news is you can live an abundant life through apartment investing. Mark and Tamil Kenny with Think Multifamily help you take back the time and freedom so that you can live free from the stresses that burden so many. Through multifamily investing, they teach you how to set your family up for a lifetime of true success and fulfillment. They have helped hundreds of people just like you. Patrick, for example, who since working with Think Multifamily has purchased over 900 units with another 850 under contract. And at 27 years old, was able to quit his demanding job in corporate America. Regardless of your age or profession, Think Multifamily can help you create the life of your dreams. As hosts of the new Think Multifamily podcast, Mark and Tamil will walk you through the journey step-by-step to make sure you are completely set up for success. Through this interview-style podcast, you will gain a proven strategic apartment investing system and hear stories from successful investors, all to help you be light years ahead of those who try to do it alone. Subscribe to the Think Multifamily podcast today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash podcast. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams, and I'm so glad that you keep coming back and listening to each and every episode. I am I am trying to drop, make sure that I drop value to you um, often, and I want to make sure that you are getting something out of this. And in the next, this episode and, and seven more, so eight episodes, the goal is to make sure that you know all of the different ways that you could be a part of a general partnership or a passive equity partner in uh, a syndication, in a, in a multifamily deal. Now, here's the thing. You may be saying to yourself, I, uh, I don't even have money, Adam, so I'm, I'm not ready to do that. Okay, I'm going to solve that, so don't worry. There's a few ways, not just one. There's actually a few different ways that you can be involved in the, um, in the general partnership of a multifamily syndication without any money. Most people don't know that. Most people only think of one way, but there's multiple ways. Now, you might be thinking, oh, Adam, I do have money, but I don't want to be passive. So you're going to just tell me how to be passive, and that's not true. There are multiple ways that you can be a part of a general partnership if you have money. Now, one of them, you leave your money in the deal. One of them, you put your money in the deal for a little while, and then you get it all back very quickly. Another one, you just have your money, but you never even use it. So I'm going to be teaching you many, many, many ways, the eight ways really, that you get involved in multifamily syndication. And today is episode one, and I'm going to be talking about finding deals. And uh, with finding deals, there was this guy that, uh, actually there was two different people. And one of them uh, was was, uh, about two years ago, and this, this guy was a wholesaler and he was really good at finding wholesale deals 
And as he focused on these wholesale deals, he might make a thousand here or there because he was doing out-of-state wholesaling in, in a market where there wasn't a huge spread. But he, he might have made a thousand here and there or three thousand here and there. Um, some people, uh, they boast about their $20,000 host, uh, wholesale checks, and that's awesome. Uh, it just wasn't really the case for this person. They were doing uh, a, a few wholesales a week, and um, most of these wholesales, he would net maybe a um, thousand or two thousand bucks, three thousand bucks, five thousand sometimes. And so he was doing he was doing well, right? He might have been making almost twenty grand a month, uh, pretty consistently, uh, but it just wasn't enough for him. It's not what he wanted to do. He realized that wholesaling was really more of a job, and it, when he got into real estate, his, his real mentality, his real hope was passive income. His real hope was to, to buy a piece of real estate and to be able to collect residual income without having to work more. But he, he, he listened to some wholesalers that were talking about how this is the way to get involved with no money. And he, he thought, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. I can wholesale with no money. And so he, he started it. And it cost him a lot more money up front than he expected. Having, uh, having his company be able to bring in one, two, or three wholesale deals every single week, him making 1000 2000 3000 sometimes 5000 each deal, up front, it cost him a lot more money than he ever expected. He had to take a HELOC off of his home. And then with that HELOC, Home equity line of credit is what a HELOC is, right? It's it's a way of capturing some equity from your house so that you can do other things with it because he was, he had a full-time job and with a full-time job, he was unable to, um, he wasn't making, I guess I should say, quite a bit enough money for extra things. And so he had his full-time job and he was doing this wholesaling on the side and he was told, I can get into wholesaling with no money, no credit, and uh, that was just flat wrong. The truth is he needed money and he needed credit to get his home equity line of credit so that he could start marketing. But when he was able to start marketing, he learned how to capture and find deals better than almost anyone out there. So he was doing several deals every single month, probably making around 20 grand on top of what he was making at his, at his $60,000, uh, 60,000 per year job he's making an extra 200,000 but he didn't love it he was like thinking to himself i'm really just working two full-time jobs i'm married uh in a i have a brand new wife and i'm trying to um i'm doing too much and and i don't love it so i remember talking to him when at the at his lowest of lows as he was making this extra uh 20 grand a month and he was at a bad place in his life because it wasn't the passive income that he expected. It wasn't the passive income that he wanted. And I was just talking to him and I was like, dude, if you can find deals that well, why in the heck wouldn't you just find a multifamily deal? And instead of finding like 10 deals in a month that you close on and make like just a grand or two or three or five, why don't you just do one where you make twenty or thirty thousand dollars up front just in the acquisition fee, and he's like, acquisition fee? What exactly do you mean? And so I bet you, if you're listening, you may not know what an acquisition fee is. So I will answer that for you 
just the way that I answered it for him. I said, yeah, when I close on a large multifamily deal, I make money the day that I close. And he's like, you make money the day you close? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, but what do you put down for the for the property? How much do you put down? And I go, well, we don't really put that our money down into the property. And it kind of shook him up. And he was like, I don't get it. You buy a property and you own it, but you make money that day. And I was like, yeah, it's called an acquisition fee. And he, 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 he had a hard time wrapping his brain around this. And what I basically showed him is if we buy a 100 unit apartment building and the average cost per door is about 50 grand, then it's a $5 million property. Okay, this is a $5 million property. And it takes a lot of work and effort to find a property like that and to lock it up under contract and to put down the earnest money on the property and to do the proper due diligence, the fiscal financial due diligence, as well as the, um, the interior, as well as the exterior, and as well as the, as well as the land, right? So you even just have to make sure that the land doesn't have uh, any like oil deposits or something crazy like that. All right, so as we, as we need to do all this, it costs a lot of time. It costs a lot of effort. There's opportunity costs. As we spend so much time on this property, we're missing out on other properties as well. And so what we do is because well, I have 12 people on my team that work in and out. I have two people that on, uh, on um, asset management. I have several people um, that are on acquisitions, several underwriters. I have uh, social media people, an admin, um, I, a CEO. I have uh, all of these teammates need to get paid somehow. And we don't get paid unless we close on deals. And so this is how it works. We take that 100 unit. And we, we say that we are going to take a 3% acquisition fee. So it's 150000 If you just do the math, 3% of the $5 million that we're going to close on is one hundred fifty grand. And so then our team will make 150000 the day we close. And if you want to find me a deal, I will give you uh, easily, uh, you know, 5, 10, 20% of that. So um, if you do the math on uh, 10% of that, it's a good 15 grand. And so he thought that that was amazing. So this, this gentleman decided to pivot. And what he did is he, he pivoted away from, uh, from having a, a job that was just based on, only on uh, a bunch of little $1,000, $2,000, uh, $3,000 deals uh, into being able to not only get that acquisition fee up front for a larger uh, apartment community, but also have the cash flow, the residual income. So he decided to do that. He found uh, a property for us. He made a good chunk of money right up front. And then he continues to make passive income. So we do a distribution every quarter. He doesn't have to work hard for that distribution, right? Like he did, it, he did his work a long time ago when somebody said, hey, I've got this multifamily. And he goes, uh, I think I have a team that might be able to close it. He showed it to us. We did all of the hard stuff. We even raised all the money for him and we were able to close on it. Now he got a giant fat check in his bank the first day that we closed. And then every quarter, every three months, he makes another check. And it's like Christmas 
four times a year. He's like, oh my gosh, there's another check for that thing that I did a long time ago. Oh my gosh, three months later, I got another check from that thing that I did a long time ago. Oh my gosh, here comes another check. How do these keep coming? It's because it's passive residual income. You work one time and you keep getting paid and paid and paid. Now, he hasn't even got the disposition fee yet. He hasn't even made that. But it's going to be about twice as big as the acquisition fee was. Is that not insane? So let's say you make 15 grand up front for finding a deal. And you're making like 1000 a month or 500, 500 a quarter, whatever it ends up being, your, your residual income that, that you don't have to do anything for. And uh, three years, five years from now, the team that you found that deal for decides to actually sell the deal. And you remember when you got $15,000 in your bank the day that you closed it. And now you got 30 more thousand. And you didn't have to do anything that year for that 30 grand. And you think to yourself, man, I remember a couple of years ago, I wasn't even making 30 grand, right? Okay, so this is one way that you can become a part of the general partnership. I see people getting anywhere from maybe 5% of the general partnership to maybe 20% of the general partnership just for bringing a deal to an operating team. Recently, another guy brought us a deal and it was, in, it was a little above a $10 million property. It was a little bit above $10 million and the, the person negotiated a 12%. He said, hey, if, if you guys want this deal and you close on this deal, I want 12% of the GP. And we looked at it and we said, this is a fantastic deal. We do want to do it. And so it's a little over $10 million. The acquisition fee, again, is going to be 3% of the whole thing, which is a little over $300,000. He's getting 12% of that, which is 40 something. I don't even, I'm not doing the math. I think it's 46,000 that they will get the day that we close. So this person found us at the right time and found this deal at the right time, they will make 40-something thousand. They will get residual income every single quarter for the next several years. And as a disposition fee, probably make close to 100,000 more dollars for finding a deal. Okay, so that is the first of eight ways that you could get involved into multifamily. Finding a deal is one of the few that you don't need your own money in order to close because you're going to lean on the operating team that you're partnering with to find a way to raise all the equity for you, for the deal, to uh, manage the deal appropriately for the next five years, to do all the due diligence properly, that they have a really good due diligence checklist. And my company, Blue Spruce, we actually give away a due diligence checklist um, so if you want that, I will give it to you. Just send me an email, adam at realbluespruce.com and just say, hey, Adam, I want your exact checklist. I am happy to send it to you. <clears throat> Sorry about the cough. So that's what it can look like for you to find a deal. You don't need the money. You can lean on them for the experience. They'll manage it. 
They will uh, close on it. They will negotiate the contract for you and you'll own part of the deal. Tomorrow or not, maybe not tomorrow, but just in the next episode that you listen to, we're going to talk about earnest money deposit. So how could you, if you had a little bit of money, but you didn't want to have it tied up for five years, how could you find your way onto a general partnership? I'll share that in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the eight ways that you can be getting involved in a multifamily sooner. And I'm talking, you could be getting involved in a multifamily today or tomorrow, like right away and not waiting uh, 90 days or six months or two years down the line to get started. You can actually do it right away. So if, uh, if you haven't heard the eighth episode yet, then that means that the next episode is coming up right away. It'll give you another strategy, a tip trick and strategy of how to get involved. And by the way, I hope I see you at the Raising Money Summit, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. My podcast listeners get a giant discount, a 15% discount. We're being generous. Uh, So we want to give you that discount to any level of tickets. And honestly, if you do get value out of this podcast, if, if you liked this episode and you know that I'm coming from a good place and always wanting to give you value, it would mean the world to me if you took a, a couple of minutes, like one to two minutes out of your day to just quickly give us a rating and review to tell us a little bit more of your thoughts. Like that means the world to me. And so if you've already done it, I'm super, super grateful. And if, if you've just kind of been on the fence and, and, you, and you haven't given a rating or review, um, I hope you'll uh, hop off the fence and just give us a quick rating and review and tell, tell me what you think about the show. It'd mean the world to me. So um, the next of the eight ways that you can get involved in multifamily is right here.